1: Hello everybody and welcome again to For the Love of McGrath podcast and I just want to address some rumours. No, I haven't been thrown out of the house. I haven't lost my job. <laughs> um, nothing like that has happened. I did tell you, I did warn you that the transfer season was going to be when I kicked into action and uh, I've been putting in an awful lot of effort uh, to have some stuff ready and... Uh, it's great then when I get to have podcasts I get I get that other podcast when Paddy gets to come back on because I can shut up and I don't have to do as much talking then Paddy how are you keeping
0: <laughs> I'm good and I'm not, I won't be one bit surprised if we don't shut up in this one either <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know this one this one I'm pretty I'm yeah I, I get into it. like I I'm, I'm I think I'm I think I, I get more
0: excited about this kind of stuff yeah. than you do in fairness yeah yeah,
1: yeah. i just just because i have i have what i feel is a reason, like i have a specific reason why i don't and we'll get into it in a moment but we are going to talk about the fixture the fixture list that was released today and um it's a bloody weird one paddy like it's mad to see that chunk of time where there's fuck all happening excuse my french bit for for the world cup in such an obscure and odd time of the year it just And then to have nothing from the 26th to the 31st of December as well. That just means to me, I let you off on it, Paddy, on what that means. But that to me means that somebody or some people have gotten their way um, within the FA uh, by lobbying the FA from uh, from the uh, the Premier League teams. But what's your views? And I suppose before we go into the whole specific games and the way the games are laid out, but what like? It's weird. It's going to fuck the whole year up, I think, for everybody. And the more I look at it, the more I the more I get annoyed about it.
0: Well, it is. It's, it's just another disjointed season. And we just got out of, hopefully, touch wood, all out of everything COVID-related and everything. So, hopefully, settling down perfectly going into this new season. We'll have a, a good pre-season. Looking forward to it. Um, the, the new fixture list... For me, it always feels like a new dawn. You know, it really does. It's just fresh start. Uh, you know, you're look you're looking at fixtures, new fixtures. Even like the first day is is a new one. Bournemouth back in the in the Premier League, but yeah, you, you've got that big gap. Now, I'm a little bit selfish in the fact that that big gap doesn't really annoy me, and the reason for that is. I don't normally travel in that time because that's the time where you get lots of problems with flights and frost and delays and you end up going on day trips and missing matches and stuff like that. So I just don't generally go in December. So from a selfish point of view, that's fine with me. Um, I can also understand the break at Christmas because if if you're going to bring guys who are fresh off a World Cup back to play games and then you've got guys who are out for five or six weeks, then to go and play three major games, high octane games, uh, in the cold at Christmas without without the well, I'm like I'm sure they're gonna be training, but you know, I'm sure there's some kind of science behind the fact that they've left out that little break and a little bit of bullying, I would imagine, from uh, some some of the clubs up the top end of the table, and we saw it last year. We saw people complain about it, and we won't make any, We won't name any names, but we, we definitely saw them complain about it. But uh, all I can say is it's it's good to be back. It, it's going to be a strange season. We're looking at the fifth of June for an FA Cup final, which is unheard of, I think. So. Uh, We've 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 a lot to look forward to. I think most of the FA, well, a couple of rounds of the FA Cup are going to be at the weekend, and I think every other cup game is going to be near enough midweek after that. So hopefully we don't get too many cancellations along the way. But uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the season beginning.
1: Yeah, I think and, and sorry to be Debbie Doner again, but I think that they've left themselves very little wiggle room. If you know what I mean. And I think that there's going to be a situation where we're going to be talking about this later on in the season. And we're going to be going to be saying, lads, you know, we've got like there's, there could be teams like this year. Burnley, you know, it didn't work out for Burnley because they went down or like like ourselves, where we had something like I was a three games in eight days or three games in nine days or something. And yeah, people say if you get into Europe and you, you could be playing those games anyway, that's not the point. If games are going to be moved, if games are going to be changed, if games are going to going to clash with cup games and stuff like that, we're going to have that farcical nature whereby we're coming to the end of the season. We've played Burnley twice in three in in three weeks, like we did this season. That to me is is should be avoidable. There's enough money goes into this, and then when they just take a week's break between, and I understand why they're doing it, but me as a fan is having a rant here now, as opposed to me me looking after player welfare. And uh, mm. like it doesn't butter my parsnips to have no soccer between twenty sixth of uh, the twenty sixth of December and the thirty first of December. Like that's for me, that's prime. Get fat, sit in the couch, and watch people be energetic. Yeah, well, I certainly got, don't have to be
0: energetic. You've got you've got to you've got to look at it another way for for that for that week as well. It it says the twenty sixth, the same way it says the sixth of August is going to be the first match, but it won't. It could be the fourth. It could be the it could be the 5th, it could be the 6th, you know, it, it goes either side of it. So I would imagine that first round of games, we're going to see uh, games on the 26th, games, games on the 27th, games on the 28th, and then you're going to see games on the fourth, 2nd, and 3rd to spread them out that way. That's what I envisage happen on, on those. So you yeah, will actually, definitely. with the exception of maybe 29 30 31st of December, I still think we'll see matches.
1: That's true that's true um and i suppose But you're right
0: it is, it is it is the time of year where everybody loves to enjoy football um, difficult for us to get to games because people are travelling home for for matches and, or for christmas and stuff like that so flights are expensive and stuff like that so it was kind of annoying to see that liverpool game pressed in there on on that peak time for for travel but uh as i said that could be the 27 or 28 so we might get there in, anyway but we'll see
1: Let's take a look at the actual fixture list. I think you guys should be able to see it there now. I'll just try and focus this in a small bit more. I don't know if you guys can see it, but we've got, in August, obviously the the first five games that we start with are Bournemouth, Everton, Crystal Palace, West Ham, and Arsenal in the uh uh, uh formation with regards to away, home, away, home, away. um, It's actually... It, for the first two months, we're we're pretty much alternating away home, away home, away home, away home, and um, I kind of like that. I, I think I think from a planning point of view that that is that that's nice to have because if I'm not mistaken, it could have been because of a lot of cancellations last season. We went on a run of away games in a row, and that that's never good, specifically at the end of the season. And I know that Sky are going to get their hands on on this as well, and it's going to be tossed, turned upside down. And I kind of debated whether I would bother even doing the Premier League fixture list because of that fact. Because the two two facts sky and number the second one is two of us are going to start looking in bits and pieces here about what games we could potentially win and, and things like that. And we've no idea what way the squads are going to be for these teams. And that's why I don't really get excited for the Premier League fixture list. Now I'll get excited about it in three weeks time or four weeks' time when teams are back training or back well into their into their offseason programme and we get to see who who teams have signed. But Paddy, those first five games that we have there, Bournemouth, Everton, Crystal Palace, West Ham and Arsenal. I think that that's not a bad start.
0: I, th- I think it's a very good start. Um, I- I'm more than happy to play Bournemouth's first match of the season. Uh, if you remember, we, we played them 2015-2016 and that first game, Rudy Gestead scored. Don't recall him scoring another goal after that, but he did score that day. Uh, it's the only one that I remember. I'm sure he did get a few. Um, uh, the the one thing that does worry me a little bit that was the year we went down. So <laughs> it's uh, we 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 sure will be hoping that we're not worrying about that come the end of May. But uh, yes, you know we we, we know what we're getting with Everton. They will spend a few quid, but I still envisage that we should be able to get three points there, Palace. Will probably spend a few quid as well. Uh, West Ham, aging team, uh, yeah. towards, struggled a bit towards the end of last season. Just kind of limped over the line, and then are all for Arsenal, which is, you just don't know what you're going to get. So, um, you know, it, I, I think if you were to hand pick five games, you're always going to have one of the big, the big or greedy six in there, and. I, I think that's not bad considering we go into to Man City in September. So there's a good opportunity to get points on the board and I I genuinely do think they will. But as you say a lot can happen between now and the 6th of August both, both from us bringing in more talent and and then again the other guys spend the money.
1: Sorry there if you if, if anybody was Looking at me, going, he's been very ignorant. He's not paying any attention to Paddy. I was definitely listening to him, but something scared the living daylights out of me. My dog scared the living daylights out of me. He'd snuffled himself in underneath a jumper I had thrown on the ground here behind me, and I couldn't see him at all. He was in (laughs) underneath it. I was there. What the hell is inside my room? Because my door is open here. I was like, I was just looking around to make sure that there wasn't some sort of wildebeest or uh, untamed wildlife inside in my inside my office, so I do apologize. But I, I agree with you with regards to the first five games that we have there, and I specifically agree with West Ham. And at this moment in time when we're doing this podcast, all liable to change, you mentioned an aging team, and I think there needs to be open-heart surgery on their back four. And if it doesn't happen this season, it'll definitely need to, have to happen next season. Also, they've lost somebody like Mark Noble. Yes, they've got two of the better midfielders in the league in um, Rice and Suchek. You know, injury, injuries are, are are only a short stone throw away from, from one of those being out and breaking up that partnership. And then they've only one recognised striker, Mikel Antonio. And I think West Ham have, have worked to do. I think they've worked to do in the transfer market. And to be fair,
0: looking- I, I do believe if, if the right money came in for, for Rice, they would cash in because I think that's, that gives them an opportunity to go and rebuild that team.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree as well. Yeah. And... um. And I think that I think that David Moyes is probably looking at that at the team and going, yeah, I do need to rebuild here because they will drop the hammer on David Moyes. They'll have no, there'll be no um empathy towards him or, or or no connection towards him. They did it before. They dropped the hammer on him previously. They will drop the hammer on him too. So I I actually think he's going to need to lobby for money within that because within the, the the structure of West Ham because you know we know the two the, there are two erratic people over West Ham. Am I right in saying that? Sullivan and Gold. Well, definitely Gold is still there. I don't know if Sullivan is there. I think. think they are
0: Qua- bolt still there, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, then how, but Sullivan is bankrolling your man who's buying the Tim Park Club over the other side of Birmingham. Um, <laughs> he's bankrolling I mean, that fellow who who is just <laughs> like, and I'm like, I'm saying amazing, but amazing in a really bad way, person. You know, it seems to be like I, I'm yet to read. Anything positive about that guy? Like how he's going to fit pass a fit and proper person test? I don't know, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. But so I think West Ham have something have something to work on. Arsenal, I think, are going to be. I think. I. I think once again, Arsenal have to do open heart surgery under strike force next this season. Arguably, we do too, but I don't think we will do it. Um, but Arsenal have to. Arsenal have to have to find goals from somewhere. You know, they have to find, they have to buy a big name striker, and they're being linked with it with another nice midfielder again today, a 22 year old um, Vieira from Porto, really nice player. But for me, they've got midfielders who can do all that nice stuff now, uh, finally. And I think they need a striker. But anyway, that's we're we're, we're discussing other teams as, as we go through here. Yeah. Uh, I think that August, I think August is, is a nice month for us. September, not so nice with Man City, Leicester and Southampton. Although Leicester are another team as well that are in search of a striker too. You know, Jamie yeah. Vardy is beginning to show his age. Their back four is beginning to creak like it did last season as well. Once again, there's question marks there. Southampton are always only one game away from a 9 nil loss you know so it's uh, it's it this is the beauty of the premier league we can be as optimistic as we want and here was me saying beforehand um here was me saying beforehand that i was going to be a bit down on this whole thing but then the positivity just ropes me back in again the the positivity <laughs> about what could be but i i think uh, i
0: think the sorry go ahead patty yeah but if if you if you look across the fixtures we we have no real run of games where you're going we're not going to win anything in the next three games if you look at October, with the exception of Chelsea, you'd be looking at getting something out of every game in October. And bear in mind, there's six games. <laughs> the way to fix your squad. That's sport. it. That's you what. And that's what I was
1: saying. And and I I I genuinely think you like if we grow our squad, if we if we got on a three four three or four players through the door, depending, we can only look after what we can look after ourselves. That month looks good. Like, like that month looks looks like a month we should target.
0: Yeah, and I I suppose our worst month is December. We've only got two games, and and As always. it's probably it's probably the one that we're, we're least likely to get games out of or get get points out of. And that's probably a tough enough run to go from Liverpool to Spurs to go into to Wolves then uh, on whatever that falls—New Year's Day or the day after. But you know, there's there's not there's not a whole pile to worry about until the last month of the season, where you've got you pl- you play Man U, Tottenham, Liverpool in the in the last six. That's probably as tough of a run as we, as we get with, with regard spacing it over five or six games. I think.
1: Yeah, and, and we'll be qualified for, for Europe at that stage. So well, let's
0: uh, how we do. We'll take the foot off the gas and we,
1: well, Old traff Old Trafford, and um Anfield away in the last four, last five games of the season we we would you know we'd need to be qualified for europe at that stage if europe is the goal um and, and and hopefully it absolutely is is as well paddy everybody looks down through the list and i know that you and we've been discussing this in whatsapp but we've been putting little check marks beside and going yeah for love nor money i am definitely going to be there i'm going to be at this game i'm going to be at this game what games have you ticked off, and I'm not going to hold you to this, but like, what are the games that are non-negotiable, you're going to be there, provided that you don't drop dead between now and then, and God willing, that nobody does?
0: Well, i having a bit of a panic attack because I've already booked my flights for, for Everton. But <laughs> uh, it appears there's a knock-on effect from the Commonwealth Games and, and the, the price of oh, hotels is astronomical. So i uh, going to have to rejig my plans there, I think. And um, there's a there's a number of ones I'd like to do. Um, obviously around my birthday is always the one that I go to. So that's Born with the home. Uh, as 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 much as that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, Liverpool at home would have been one that you know you, you you look for and and yeah, I'm definitely going to that. It's just a tough time of year. And then the two Man City fixtures because my family are Man City fans. Uh, I I will go to uh, the Etihad, God willing, on on the eleventh of February, with, with with my father probably. Um, so like there's there's a number there's a number of them there, and I'm just glad they're spread out a little bit, so it's there's not a number of them together, with the exception of that last uh, that last month where there's. Tottenham at home, Liverpool away, and Brighton mm. at home. You always want to go to the last game of the season, but you'd want to go to the three of them if you could. But yeah. these yeah. things are not always possible.
1: Well, I've no real grat to see uh, um, to see Liverpool Villa for the time being. I want the gap to close a small bit before I go to that. And it would be nice to see players like Salah. You're not going to probably see Mane and Darwin Nunes is there now. You know, so um, for me, uh, I I have my sights set on games where I can go and. Uh, not drink my sorrows away, but celebrate with party poppers afterwards. Maybe after a two or three nil win. And and I've remarked, I've I've uh, I've a couple of games you remarked. I am definitely going to look to go to Southampton at home on the seventeenth of September. I'm uh, then going to try and get in Leeds away. I want to go into. I, I want to go to Leeds away. <laughs> One of my mates texted me this morning. He's he's a big Leeds fan. He said Neil, will you come to the we come to Leeds game with me. I'd love for you to come. I went yeah. I uh, you know what? Put me down as a 70% uh, attendance for that one, for sure. I'd like to do that. But it's going to be one or the other there between Southampton at home or Leeds away. But if I don't go to Southampton at at home, I'll probably look to go. um, I'll probably uh, fit something else in in, later on in the year. But a big one I'm looking forward to is Newcastle at home. I really want to, I just want to go to Newcastle at home. I want to see the Jordy fans come to Villa Park. I want to, you know, I want to find out, is it an actual rivalry when we're in the stadium? What kind of reception that, that happens there? We should, we could be seeing a really different Newcastle team come through the door um, of Villa Park that day as well. Also, it's in and around my birthday. So um, that's definitely a game I've earmarked and Brighton away in uh or brighton at home should i say may the 28th is one that i am clamoring to get to as well so they're just ones that i've just ticked off my list uh yeah. so far Um i suppose the, the, the
0: disappointing the disappointing ones is there's, there's only three games midweek Uh two of them are home and away to fulham which i, w- I would have loved to go and, and bring my son to fulham away and fulham arsenal away yeah. is on a tuesday night which is unfortunate so chances are i won't get to that one either
1: well, wait till Sky change it around, Patty.
0: Well, of those move. I'm not going to change a far off a of Tuesday night. It might be a Wednesday night.
1: Yeah. Well, no. What I'm saying is Saturday games and Sunday games might be moved to midweek and so on, depending. Yeah. And who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I think we're going to park the fixture list stuff there for a moment, Patty. Um,
0: just be just before you me. do, Neil added a question there. When when that's they what come. I was going to ask. Okay. So the the first one is on the 9th of August. So the, that's very early in the season, just like last year when we went to Barrow. So they, they knock out the early rounds very quickly with the with the League Cup, and then space out into quarterfinal, semi final, and final. And um, the final is still late February, like it like it normally is. So uh, there's no real change there. The FA Cup ones that are that you've got the first two rounds on the weekends, and then you've got nearly every other game is, is midweek. So uh, that'll be the inter- interesting one to, to, to work out. Again, no replays. So um, I don't think we'll ever get back to normal of having FA Cup replays and they missed them. It's great It's great to see a draw and then be able to watch a game, an- another uh, game midweek that you wouldn't normally get, especially when you're watching from afar and watching on the telly. So that's a disappointment that that's not going to be the case as well.
1: Um. Was there an echo, guys? I'm just looking in the in the chat room. There was there was did the audio go mad there for a while? I don't know. Was there maybe audio maybe or Mark
0: is is suggesting that uh all the transfer all, all the all the podcasters are talking about this today? Man. <laughs> maybe so, I don't know. I I, I don't know. But uh, we are going to talk a small bit about
1: transfer stuff, Paddy. Um, I've been flattening them out flattening the mat here in the lab working up um, stat sheets and stuff like that for players, and we've got loads more to come. Um, just players I like, really, as well, but we've been linked with players like um, Conor Gallagher recently, Paddy. Talk to me about Conor Gallagher. Uh, I did a podcast on him. If people haven't watched it yet, I would advise you to go, go and take a look at it. Um, it's uh, I did a, quite a big deep dive into his statistical numbers, and how similar he is to some of the players we have at the moment. But Paddy, what would you do uh, with somebody like Conor Gallagher, is the juice worth the squeeze based on what you've seen of him?
0: Well, where, where me and you differ is, is you're, you're a stats man and, and I'm purely football, and that that probably is not going to change anytime soon. And um, when I look at Conor Gallagher uh, as a footballer, I think he's I think he's great. You know, I, I really like him. I, I'd, I'd sign him in a heartbeat. And, and then I looked at your your video the other day, and I'm gone. Hmm, yeah, they're not the stats aren't what I thought they would be. But then you then you gotta look at the fact that, you know, what what would it be like with great players around them? And so that the long winded answer to your question is yes, so I would take him in a heartbeat. I think
1: I tried to get it across in the podcast and I'm not sure I can't remember what I said now, but you do have to do both. You have to watch the player, and then you have to t- take the stats. For me, that's what you got to do because your eyes can lie to you, and the numbers can lie to you as well. The other thing that I that I I I want to throw out is: is it bad that he's the same or similar to some of the of the midfielders that we have already? Is that a bad thing? And the reason that I ask is maybe the fact that our midfield is was lacking that anchor at number six. Um, and now we have it in Kamara. and that's why I was lobbying for somebody like Guido Rodriguez maybe to come in as well. Um, but bringing somebody who's who's similar to the players that we have doesn't disrupt the the, the way that we play. Also allows uh, allows us to bring on fresh legs that can do the same things. So like we lose a Jacob Ramsey, we lose all our carrying ability, all our ability to carry the ball. Um, that's what we do. We, it's gone. Literally, it's gone. That's it. We've no one to carry the ball. We might have a John McGinn, John McGinn might be unleashed or something like he is for Scotland. Who knows? But based on all evidence, since Stephen Jarrett has come in, we don't have anybody there. So if you bring in a Connor, a, a, a Connor uh, Gallagher and the two of them are playing in the team and you're 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 bringing the ball forward from, from similar positions, sorry, from opposite sides, but in a in similar manner. I don't think that's a bad thing. So sometimes when you're looking at the statistics and you're throwing someone you're trying to baby out with Batwater as well, you know, how does that player fit in for what he does? Um, i think it's very very important to look at look at as well and and you know uh, from a Conor Gallagher point of view the big thing that kills me with Conor Gallagher is the price like well, you're not going to get him for a bag of chips like you know he's like Chelsea are <laughs> going to look for mega money for him now now that he's an England international and once again just like with the Bazuma bazuma has gone to gone to Spurs for 26 million when we were being linked to him for 50 million i was saying no nah, i wouldn't touch him for 50 million it's just not the right money and I'm not sure that the money's going to match up for Conor Gallagher. And that's the thing for me. That's that's, And I know it's not my money and all that. I completely uh, understand that. But there are other players out there who can do probably better than Conor Gallagher, yeah. fit into this team as well, and pay less money. And that's what Johan Lange, that's what um, Rob McKenzie are tasked with finding.
0: Don't ever use the phrase, it's not your money when it comes to your club, yeah. because it is your money. It, it, it your does money. Yeah. It does dictate where we are in the future. That's true. So for that reason... I never like to see clubs breaking the bank, but what is breaking the bank? We, we, we don't know at this stage, you know. There's just absolutely crazy figures being bandied about for average players. So I, I just don't know what a good price is anymore. You know, I listen to you uh, almost apologising for for the, the prices that were on uh, transfer markets. <laughs> Yeah. You know, they, they don't look right, but they're they're probably using their best estimate to, to say what a player is worth. Like and yeah. um, and we know you're gonna pay over the odds. It's just supply and demand. If you if you need a player in a certain position, you're gonna pay for him and that's it.
1: Yeah, and Rex makes a very good point here as well. And this is like Chelsea do a great job of cashing in on their loan players, as are Man City. We're seeing that now with Man City. Mm. Gavin Bazuno. Um, is is moving to to Southampton for 16, 16 million. That's great business for Southampton. Gab, for yeah. anybody who doesn't know Gavin Bazzuno, third choice goalkeeper at Man City, the boy is brilliant in goals. Like he's just a really good goalkeeper, and he's only what twenty. He's still under twenty one. He's just he's yeah. a really good goalkeeper, and Southampton have have struck early on that one because you know I th- I think that um I, I I think that he'd probably be their number one goalkeeper in the Premier League next season. Uh, Gavin Bazzuno, well, but like. Absolutely will.
0: But before, before you move on from that, you know, the, the Chelsea and Man City situation, when you've got players out on loan, those rules are changing at the end of this season. Yeah. So there there's going to be a little bit of panic from Chelsea and Man City to try and get players off the books that are out on loan that have no hope of getting into their first team squad. So for that reason, you might get a little bit of value, not only off those two teams, there's other teams out there that will be looking to offload.
1: Hmm. And that, that's true. And Ed makes a good point as well. You do pay the England international tax as well on somebody like Conor Gallagher, and and that is quite a hefty tax uh, to to pay. Um, because as I say, there are players out there who can do like like you look. I'm just gonna pluck a name out of the top of my head, like Conrad Leimer for uh, RB Leipzig. He might he might cost you 20 million, whereas Conor Gallagher might cost you 35 million. And Conrad Leimer probably is a better midfielder, but then again, he's totally 25. Then Conor Gallagher is at this moment in time, but you're also buying potential with Conor Gallagher. So you know when you talk about money, it's it's really like everybody is only worth what somebody's willing to pay for them. I, I suppose at the end of the day, and that's a really old, tried and uh, often tried out phrase, but it is really true. You know, in in uh, what you're willing to accept and what somebody's willing to pay as well. Um. Uh, Liam, Liam asked there, what, there. The root, yeah, so what the rule. what is the rule change? Is. Yeah.
0: I actually, I was going to ask that question. What is the rule change? Have I completely missed that? Um, so I'll I, have to look into it again because it happened some time ago, but there's a limit now to the amount of players you're going to be able to have out on loan. So just that will reduce the size of of the, the squad, thus stopping uh, the bigger clubs uh, hoovering up all the talent, and that's the reason it's been brought in. So where Chelsea can come in and have 15, 20 players out on loan, I think that's reduced to either 10 or less come the end of the season. I'll have to read up on it again, but uh, someone tried to explain it to me the other day and they had forgotten about it as well, what the, what the actual figure was. But as far as I know, that comes into play at the end of this season.
1: Um, let's talk a a bit about Basuma, because some people feel that we've lost out on him. Um, like Spurs have, Spurs have swooped in there and got him for half-nothing, like 26 million. Like, I would have said maybe thirty six to forty would have been his. Would have been my ceiling for him. Uh, Fifty, I thought, was always too much for him. I just don't think he affects the game in the attacking sense enough. Um yeah. But but twenty twenty six, like I, I don't think anybody would have any qualms based on the player and not the allegations and all that. I completely understand. But based on yeah. uh, on Iswesuma, what we've seen him do within the white lines on on the football field, like twenty six million is just Spurs out and out. Just just
0: great value. <laughs> well these spores out and out. You know, I, I think I said to you in our in our group chat that it's a typical spores thing to do. They're chasing the ambulance like they did with Jack Grealish a few years ago. So that they know there's something hanging over this transfer. So they got them at the right price and they took them. And that's what spores do. So for their for from their point of view, I hope everything works out, out all right. But uh it, it was a risk worth taking, maybe.
1: Um the thing that terrifies me is that now the Basuma's coming in there, are players like Harry Winks are going to be available. And when at, at around January time, Harry Winks was mentioned at Aston Villa, and I don't want Harry Winks, Harry Winks, sorry, anywhere near um, our club. Like, I just don't think he's very good. That's why Friday didn't slip there. Maybe maybe it was intentional, I'm not 100% sure. But um, it was like, like, I just don't think he's very good. Um, I think he's one trick pony. I think he's 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 a position, a possession keeper. But, um, you know, I think that I, I don't even think Spurs fans really rate him that highly anymore. But somebody I would take if they were willing to listen to offers for is Pierre-Emile uh, who Spurs fans don't like at all. But the, he's just like I've I've rarely seen him play a really bad game of football. You know, and he's a big, tall presence that comes in, suits my want to have another person who can drift back into that sixth position if needed. And and Pierre Emile Heiberg would be very good. But, um, that's yeah, I I I think hmm?
0: every every time time I've seen him on the telly or in in the flesh, he's really impressed me. He's just a cracking player,
1: yeah. Um, well, it's we're linked with other people. We were, I've, I've got a piece on Stefan DeVry, the, uh, the center half. I've, I've had it for a couple of weeks. I've been sitting on it for a while because I just never thought that it would happen. And then we were spuriously linked again uh, recently. I can't remember who it was. might have been, but spurious is probably the wrong word to use. But the, the mail linked us to uh, to, to Stefan DeVry again. Um, so I might pop that out. Um, I'm going to look for, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Big style with this next, next name that I'm going to throw to you, Paddy. But I want your opinion on... The one, the only, the triple barreled Alex, well, the double barreled Alex Oxlade
0: Chamberlain. Go. Do you want the long winded version or the short version? <laughs> I, want, I want your um, Long or short? It's all he, good with me. He divides, he divides opinion. Um, and my opinion is if we get him at the right money, he will be uh, a valuable uh, option to have in there for us. But I don't realistically see us getting him at the right money. I think we'll pay a lot more than we we should pay for a player of that age, and that worries me a little bit. What's he got a year left in his contract? Is it?
1: Mm. He's only twenty eight. Yeah. He's just—he's not even twenty nine yet. Blows my mind what every is, time I look at his age.
0: He just—he just seems to be around forever. Like he was playing for Southampton when he was sixteen. So yeah. <laughs> he's forty He's thirteen or fourteen years on the scene.
1: Yeah. So.
0: Look, it's 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 one I wouldn't mind having, but only at the right price.
1: I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so
0: many more doors. The show is
1: called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com.
0: It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. No, I think I lost you. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're just shocked
1: well, I, with your answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's um um yeah, look what I'm gonna say is I'm not gonna say anything on Alex Oxley Chamberlain. Tune into the channel tomorrow and you'll find out my views on Alex Oxley Chamberlain in a seg- in a segment that we like to call transfer links. So I will be doing a piece in him tomorrow. I have uh, I've been looking into him today, and and he's a really interesting study for what he like. We talked about same players. We talked about players being the same as we have already. If you want somebody who can come in and maybe change it up and have a different skill set, based on what what you can see on the field and based on on, on the stats, tune in to see about Alex Oxley, Chamberlain. Don't shoot the messenger tomorrow. Um, when I when I put this one out, um,
0: who else, Paddy? Have we been linked to anyone? Bale. <sighs> I I'll, I I'll, I'll cut you off and I'll answer this one I I just cannot oh, no. see us having him and Coutinho on the books with the wages it. they command and you know I <laughs> I think it would be worth taking the risk on if we could afford his wages um but I it's just something I can't see happening for that reason bear, bear in don't... mind that he's often injured as well so it's it's a big risk to take and I, I, you know I really don't see I can't, I can't put my finger on who would take that risk. You know, I could see a Man United maybe taking that risk, you know but nobody else. Risk? Nobody. I don't, I don't envisage uh, a Liverpool or a Man City or no, no Spurs no, 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 no. even. Th- no, I just can't see that happening. How the do only you know team who I can see that him-
1: risk. West Ham United take that risk. David <laughs> Gold and David Sullivan will take that risk all day long. And he'll end up scoring eighteen to twenty goals for them because, uh, just just something like that will happen. But he goes back to mm-hmm. London as well if he goes. To I'm not State. I'm not
0: sure that would be a viable option with with their wage structure. They don't they don't spend enough lot of money on wages, which which is why I can see Rice moving on. But and look, he would be a perfect fit for them. He absolutely would. And if he stays fit, he'd be a perfect fit for us. But I just think there's absolutely no way we're paying his wages. Not Wickettino on the books.
1: Have we been I don't think we've been linked to anybody else really? Um I still haven't put out the Quinton Merlin one uh podcast. Jesus Christ. I've put out in podcast on fifteen other people, but not even Quinton Merlin. Um yes, actually Biff's Biff mentions here seems to have gone very quiet on a transfer chatter. Usually Villa are linked to everyone. And yeah, I um Lee Meredith comes in afterwards and says that Jared's on holidays. I think he's back now, or he is back. Next week, there, there was there's another. another there, are, there was
0: another. question in there, wondering when uh, the players, the players were back. back. Mm-hmm. So, to the best of my knowledge, the players that aren't or weren't on international duty are back in the building at the end of next week, so that they'll be back for all the, the fat testing and okay. and and seeing had they been looking after themselves. And I think they resume full training shortly after, maybe the middle of the following week with the international players arriving 10 days after that. That's the timelines, I think. So I think there's some kind of ruling that I think the players have to get four weeks holidays. So the likes of John McGinn, who just finished during the week and everybody else that was on international duty. I don't think it's four.
1: I'm not sure it's four, but there is some sort of ruling for the amount of... Because I thought they were going to be back before the Australia trip. Well, they will be, but is the Australian trip okay. not something like the 10th of, Ju- 10th of July or the
0: is it? Jesus, well,
1: I- I'm not sure, I'm not sure it's still the...
0: near enough before weeks. Well, we'll see. Um, but that's that's the general timelines of of, of what I can remember is uh it's going to happen. But uh, the best of my knowledge, Jared is back in the next day or two,
1: yeah. And I think we'll see stuff maybe ramp up, ramp up then. Um, and it's not beyond there. a possibility. We've got the majority of our business done now, and we can wait. We can wait out bits and pieces between now and and before we go to Australia, and maybe. Well, I think the most the mind. most important
0: thing now is to get players out, get players off the mm-hmm. the, the payroll. You For know, we, we have the, the, the outward links right. have been there. We, we've been talking about Trezeguet. There was a link to Bertie going today, so players like that on the periphery, or or somebody else asked in the in the comments there. Is, is there a big one on the way out? Is there is there a, a regular starter on the Shop. way out? There? Yeah, that that could happen too, depending on what the, what the money is like. And, and if Gerard sees he can replace them. So I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. But I, I would not rule out the likes of, a, 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 I'm just picking a name here, a Watkins or a Mings been sold. Or, you know, I, I don't envisage anybody else, but they're just the two names that are in my head.
1: I think I think if Jose comes in with thirty five million for Douglas Louise, I think that it's very very. I think it's
0: entertained. I just can't see him going there. Uh, you
1: you just we've texted about this. You can't see him living life under Jose under Jose. Yeah. That's a, that's a you can't see. Um, I think you can. I think you can. Um, and uh yeah, so I I just popped in here. The the Dan Bardell reckons we're aiming, aiming ambitiously for a number eight. I actually think so, too. And I think we we will see maybe two more midfielders come in uh, to pad out that. Because when you take out the likes of Sansan and potentially another midfielder leaving, um, you know, I think we need them. I think we need them. Like, I don't expect Timmy Ragunum to be around this. Um, I I expect Kearney Ch- to be there. But, you know, if you want to pad out that, that and not pad it out, but I, I suppose create real quality in that area, you're going to need to bring it in at least one more, if not two more. You know, mm-hmm. so um, and I do. I think I think we don't sign a big striker. That's why I'm. when any of my scouting series, I've been looking at players like like the guy I looked at today from Strasbourg, Habib Diallo, um, a guy who came off the bench for Strasbourg had a massive, um, had a massive season really for the games that he played. He scored eleven goals. He only started sixteen games, came off the bench in fifteen more. Had an unbelievable scoring frequency rate. Watch that if you guys have nothing to do tomorrow, watch that. Um, it's one that I really enjoyed. Uh, and, and I think that we probably need another striker if Cameron Archer is, is sent out on loan, or even if he isn't sent out on loan, I think we probably need four strikers. Um, so somebody like that might come in. But I don't think we're going to get a blockbuster striker. Um, and I think that the money will be invested into midfield. And I think that's rightly so, because I think it should be invested in midfield. And um, Wesley, I think the situation with him, Paddy, is you see there, Biff has put up, what Wesley... Uh, I think I think the honest international to to find somebody else to basically take over his loan contract now because they signed him on a two year loan.
0: Hmm. So he, we we we're not likely to see him back there uh, for preseason. Uh, training and to be honest, we're not likely to see him back at all based on on the truncated season season that he's had and he's just been a disaster for him. So, um. I feel sorry for him. Just when it was coming together, he got that nasty injury and now he's just, he's in a bit of limbo. I'd, I'd love to see him get back to, to to being on the periphery again, but what can you do? Yeah,
1: um, it just hasn't worked for him. Hasn't worked for him since he came Never out. Never
0: know, he, uh, he might go down to, to Norwich and Dean Smith might give him a, a chance down there.
1: And I think he should. I think he should stay close to the club. I don't think, go, yeah. like going back to Club Bruges was, uh, was, was a smart decision. It just didn't work out for him. You know, when mm-hmm. he was back there for a period of time. I think he's staying close to the club, staying within England, staying within in, within English football, it would yeah. be good for him because like they not gonna shift him anytime soon for anything half decent, and I don't think they want to make a massive loss. They might, or obviously they mm-hmm. will make a loss, but I think they want to be able to recoup him. But you go to anybody and try and send him for five million now, everybody's slamming the door in your face. He needs to rebuild yeah. his career, and I think I think going on loan to somebody like Edine Smith might not be a bad choice. Might yeah. not be a bad choice at all. He could, he could, he could destroy the the championship if he if he got fit and got a good
0: run of games. I think he could, and I think it'd be the making of him. Um he needs a move like that where he's gonna sk- score goals and scare the opposition. Look what it did for Keenan Davis. We, we'd probably consider them similar type players, but uh it's 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 the biggest move that, that Wesley'll make and it's the biggest move that we can find for him now because he needs he needs game time, he needs to stay fit, he needs to stay healthy, and he needs a bag of goals because we're not getting that twenty five million back. Anytime soon, unless
1: he actually tears it back. away from the the next one. We're not, we're not getting it back. I don't think anytime soon we're just not getting it back. Unless he comes back and plays his heart out for Aston Villa, we're not getting it back. Um, Plus, he's
0: 25
1: now. You know? Oh, God, he's ancient. Jesus. He's not getting any younger. Out with Batwater. Yeah. Um, No. Uh, but you're right. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated. You know, He's not getting any younger. He needs to prove himself... For a guy who's got such an unbelievable backstory about how he got into professional football, he needs to keep that story going. But I think it's him now that needs to keep that story going, as opposed to anybody else uh, doing it for him. And 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 you know, we can. I think the club can help him with his next move. But it's what he does in the field that's going to be going to going to determine where his future is. Lads, guys, girls, and everybody who's watching, it's it's ten to eleven. I think we're going to leave it there. (laughs) This was supposed to be a 15, 20 minute podcast. And as usual, we're coming up in 42 minutes. Thanks a million to everybody for watching and for listening. Thanks a million to everybody who shared a post I put up on Twitter today as well, asking uh, to see if you could spread us far and wide to try and get us over the the 3,000 YouTube um, subscribers. We're climbing, climbing every day. I don't know why 3,000 just sounds like it's a really nice... Uh, even number for us to hit and hopefully we do uh, hit it in the next few days but i appreciate all of your help with that and the scouting series will be coming back again tomorrow i'm going to keep pumping out podcasts almost every day for the next i think i've got podcasts i could line up to put out for every day for the next 20-25 days if I, i think it's what i have in hopper at the moment and that's without anything breaking so if you guys are ever stuck for any villa content just turn on for the love of pomegranate podcast channel and you'll probably find something there for sure that you haven't seen before um and as i say i love it so i'm going to continue doing it as best i can but thanks so much for all the support and all the lovely messages and i know i said it i've said it in one of the podcasts previously as well and You know, we're not asking. If you guys are really interested in this stuff, you're interested in the scouting series and and things like that. And anything that I don't use in the off season, I will be putting up in the Patreon on our Patreon channel as well. If you're interested in that, you can check that out there uh, on Patreon. Um, but as I say, uh, that there will be lots and lots of stuff going up there during the course of, of the, the season as well, uh, as because we, I want to continue on the scouting series stuff because I've really enjoyed it um, more so than anything else. But thanks so much, everybody, for your support. Thanks Million and Patty, for for dropping on. and um, we'll I'll be back again tomorrow with some more, um, some more podcasts. and in the meantime, uh, oh actually, before I go anywhere, before I go anywhere, everybody, hold your horses, I'm not allowed to go anywhere, because I have been asked to do Jesus, I would have been shot. Guys, uh, on the 18th of June, Baltimore St. Michael's have a charity football match auction photo. and fo- uh, Sorry, auctions. I'll start this again. On the 18th of June, Baltimore St. Michael's, there's a charity football match. There's an auction and you can have photo, photographs of football legends. And there's also a, a great raffle. It's for a fantastic cause. It's, um, it's John, Robert, Ro- John Robinson's son is organizing, organizing a charity match for multiple sclerosis and Kieran O'Callaghan asked me to, to give a shout out on that. Um, I've shared it as well on Twitter if you guys can check it out. It seems like it's going to be a really really great day down at Baltimore St. Michael's and uh, 18th of June it's what, what day is that? That's uh, that Saturday. Might be a nice day out uh, for everybody in the family so check it out. It's for a great cause for multiple sclerosis and um, you know, if anybody's there I'd like them to report back on, on the day that they had there. So um, great cause. Get down there and support it as well. But everybody Get to bed, stay safe, and all that's left to say is up the villa.
0: Up the villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.